You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 24. Hi, I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential, whether you're a woman running your own business or you're in a corporate role. Have you ever been in a situation where you're excited to launch your new program? You share it with your community and you ask people to buy from you. However, the result you get is crickets nada zero sales even though you know that people struggle with what you are going to help them with so what do you do now well my guest today is here to help joining me on today's show is Frances Pratt she loves sales and selling and more than that she loves teaching people who aren't comfortable with selling the hidden secrets of sales now when people know these secrets they can confidently talk about themselves and their business they can confidently find and nurture prospective clients into paying customers and Frances has been selling and teaching sales and consulting to businesses on sales for more than 20 years and she loves all elements of sales including cold calling and on today's show Frances is going to share what to do when you do ask people to buy from you and then they don't why mistakes are an essential part of being in business and how to use mistakes to help you talk about your business and make more sales and whether you win or lose at bringing on a new client the three essential questions that you must ask to improve your business outcomes so welcome to the show Frances thank you so much Anne Marie I'm so excited to be here Cold calling, my goodness, <laughs> I have not met many people who say that they love cold calling. What is it about cold calling that, that you really enjoy? To me, it's almost like the extreme form of sales. Mm. So some people like extreme sports and I like extreme selling. So if you put yourself in a position where the only thing between you and the other person is the phone and your voice mm -hmm. and winning in that situation um, you have to be really really focused and really really listening and engaging with the person so when you win in that environment it just it feels like you know you've successfully climbed Mount Everest mm. really. <laughs> yeah and I think what's really important is that many of us I'm sure have been on the other side of the desk or the phone where someone has been really pushy and really that that horrible you know kind of um, car salesman pushy or almost and what you're talking about is so different than that it's nothing to do with that at all it really is all about the relationship building and I imagine that when you uh, do have some Someone who says yes the incredible opportunity that you've got to help them uh, is really exciting and it's getting to that stage that you you really love and so many of us just freak out at the thought of having to just to ring up out of the blue never really having spoken to that person before well yeah and I think that's exactly the point I was listening to a psychologist talking about fear of whether it's public speaking or whatever it is. And the fear that someone feels, so the fear that you guys feel in that environment and the fear that I feel are exactly the same, like the physical elements are the mm. same, but how we choose to channel that energy is different. And I think you're exactly right. So it's not about, you know, barking at someone and hoping that finally someone will listen. It's it's really about how do you get that person to engage and listen and, in, and want to meet with you? 
Yeah. And I think also too, I mean, you've obviously got techniques and some that you'll be sharing today and and, and I know that this is how you support clients and we'll certainly share how people can get in contact with you at the end of the the show. But when we are nervous about the whole aspect anyway of of sales and, and selling, let alone cold calling, by not kind of following a technique that you know really works, we do get nervous and then we kind of tend to to pull ourselves out of the the game so to speak that we just kind of just want to get off that phone and we're really setting ourselves up for a no anyway because the whole way through the conversation is just not done uh well and yeah we end up with the result that we dread is is that kind of what you found with with clients yes i think you end up with the result that you intend Mm. so um if you think about it like this, if you pick up the phone thinking, oh my God, this person doesn't want to talk to me, I'm annoying them, then how you speak and the, even the position of your body, whether you've got a smile on your face, the, to- the you know, all the little itty bitty things mm. um, come across. Yes. That fear, the, the intrepidation come across in, in how you speak. Yes. So so that's one thing. So the person's going to hear that on the other end and respond to that. But equally, even if we are able to pull off feeling and thinking successfully and, and that comes across in our voice, if that little voice is in our head saying, oh, they don't want to speak to us and there's a pause on the other end of the line, immediately we're going to think the worst. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go in thinking, this person wants to speak to me, I've got a solution for their problem, um, that pause you can view or perceive as thinking time mm-hmm. rather than a negative. Um, so it, it's it's about how we're perceived but equally how we perceive the reaction of other people yes. um, in that environment. Yeah, so, so true. Well, let's dive into some of the insights that you want to share today. Uh, tell us about the situation then when, what do we need to do? What approach do we need to take when we have gone out, we've asked clients to buy from us and they haven't? I mean, at that stage, we're feeling quite d- deflated, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing worse than um, putting something out there, putting your heart and soul out there and then, as you say, getting crickets mm. at the other end. <laughs> you know, I've just been through this situation recently and I put together this information and I knew it was what people needed and mm. I'd even had feedback from potential clients saying, oh, my God, that's so great. And But then still, once I put it out there, there was no action on the on the sales front. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're first confronted with that, you can think, oh, well, you know, it was good to give it a go, but now I'm going to pack up and go home. And, you know, that certainly is one response. But I think and certainly what I did was, you know, I had feedback. I had information. So I went back to those people and through a couple of other ideas, you know, what was it about? Was it the pricing? Was it the format? Was it the value? Was it how we were providing it? Was it, you know, what was it that perhaps could be delivered differently and in a way that um, my customers could say yes to? And so, you know, the learnings from that enabled, enabled us to repackage what we were doing that meant that people could buy you know, they didn't have to buy the whole program. They didn't have to be available on a particular day or a particular city. Mm. So I think for me, going back into it and repackaging it and then putting it back out to market was really gratifying to get the response that I knew was there, mm-hmm. but it was just 
that the packaging wasn't right. Yeah. And I think in this instance is what's in another incredible insight is that you did go back and you did ask those questions and you did have that conversation. And how many of us after receiving a no or hearing crickets, we assume, and I think assumption that they, you know, assuming something really is to our detriment because we assume that, oh, well, no one wants that information. It, it's not good or, you know, I'm, I'm of no value, that kind of thing. All of those negative self-talk that we often have with ourselves is absolutely untrue. And going back and asking your prospective clients can give you insights that are invaluable. And in this instance, it had you repackage the program and being able to offer it in different bite sizes and different options and formats that would make it a lot easier for people then to say yes to because it fit, fit their needs yes yeah exactly and that you know just hearing you explain it like that makes me think about um, how I describe you know sales is a very dis different discipline to other business disciplines you know I think finance and even marketing to a um, extent and but customers they're very black and white either you have done the right thing either the books have balanced or they haven't mm -hmm. But selling is really like a live science experiment. So what we know, if, if you take yourselves back to high school science and whether you loved that or hated that, but if you think about what you did in that environment is you ran a number of experiments. You didn't just talk to one person. If someone's trying to find out or crack a code or, or you know, map the human genome, it's, it's from countless hours and countless conversations with hundreds of different people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very, very true of sales. So what great selling is, is being able to amalgamate the information that you discover across, you know, 10, 20, 100 conversations with prospective clients. Mm -hmm. um, because not everyone's going to say yes to you. And I think one of the times that we get hung up on that yes and no scenario is when we're desperate when that yes or no means I can put food on the table or not. Mm. <laughs> um, whereas if we know that we've got to talk to 10 people to get one or two people to say yes, whatever those numbers are, then the no is easier because yes. it's, we know that it's part of the experiment or part of the process. That's right. I mean, hearing you give that feedback and, and sharing that I think is, is incredibly uh, supportive or helpful because how many times have we heard from people who have said, well, you know, I put my sales page together, got the email written, send it out, and then, the, you know, within five minutes, ding, 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 I was getting all these orders. <laughs> and so when that doesn't happen, it's like, Okay, so hello, is anyone there? And it really has you questioning yourself and, and, and doubting. Yet, I think if some of those people were honest, that ding, ding, ding came after some of this tweaking or going and having Correct. conversations with clients. And not many people will often be transparent in that way to be able to share that. Uh, and and I think that that's to our detriment, you know, everyone's detriment. So I'm, I'm glad that you have said that, you know, that it's not just this recipe that one, two, three, and then all of a sudden sit back and and count the orders coming in no, that would be a great problem to have I think that's right and you know whether it's online sales or face-to-face -face sales mm. I think that's the same thing look I've had situations where I've walked into a meeting and the person said yes straight away and we've signed up and they've paid me thousands of dollars and you know and that's fantastic mm -hmm. but they're bluebirds you know they're rare yes um that that's not the norm um 
and equally I've had situations where you've spoken to someone 20 or 30 times and they still haven't said yes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, um, but then they do so you know when we say when you know people say oh you've got to have six or seven touches that's the average mm. So it can be one, but equally it can be 50. So um, it's about knowing what your averages are and about tracking that over time so that you can see how you're tracking Mm. and how to improve that. And And easing up on on ourselves, easing up on ourselves that when you don't, when you have that conversation, one or two conversations and that prospective client is still not ready yet to say yes, that we don't beat ourselves up because obviously it's a process and look who we're dealing with other human beings and let's face it we are all complex aren't we we bring our own nuances our own beliefs about ourselves they may not even think that they're worth investing that kind of money depending obviously on on what uh, you're offering them and and often it has nothing to do with uh, with you or with us the program but just um, other aspects to do with them so great great insights let's talk about mistakes and why they're so essential uh, you know in our businesses because let's face it when we do make a, a mistake or that word failure we again tend to beat ourselves up thinking oh we're the only ones that you know did make a mistake or that we we failed but you use them to help talk about business and make more sales share more about that so it comes back to me I think that Often in the world, we put on our glossy when we go out to sell or to talk to new potential clients. Um, And that's all good and well. But I think if you put yourself in the buyer's position, glossy isn't real. And we deeply know that it's not real. And yet we think that people only want to hear about our successes. And so my reverse point of view is that Actually, you know, there's studies that prove that people buy from people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So how can you be as human as possible to this prospective person that you're talking to? And I think that's by sharing your stories. I mean, it's great to share good news stories and it's great to tell people about your successes, but equally it's great to share with people what you've learned in your life Mm. because it shows so much more about your grit and your determination and how you approach business than any win does. Mm. People say to me, oh man, you know, you're so great at selling and you can sum things up so easily and how do you do that? And and I kind of think of myself like um, a beautiful ballerina. Well, I don't often think about it, but anyway, let's just go with the analogy. But mm. well, when they're performing on stage, it's, it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's inspiring, but there's countless broken toe shoes and, and bloodied toes and mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of things that go into the preparation of that. Um, and I think that if you can show people what you've learned and share that and tell people why you've changed in your business then people are attracted to that because they want to know that when something goes wrong when you're dealing with them so let's say they say yes to you and you've shared with them a story about how you've learned that when clients are complaining that really what you need to do is pick up the phone and talk to them Mm -hmm. and the reason that you do that is because look 
sometimes their complaints don't make sense to you and sometimes their complaints are just, you know, that they're feeling bad or whatever. But if you try and sort that out on email or backwards and forwards, it just doesn't work. So picking up the phone and actually having a conversation with them enables you to really deeply understand what's going on. You understand how you can move forward because what they're talking about is something that's happened in the past. Now, unless you've got a time machine, you can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but Together you can work out a solution and sometimes that solution is to go your own separate ways and that's okay but what that client is learning through that conversation and that story is that, oh, okay, if we have a problem, Fran's not going to ignore me or try and send me an email, you know, 20 email responses. She's going to pick up the phone and that makes me feel good. And I think how service providers, how they respond to their customers or even prospective customers really can either nurture and build and strengthen that relationship or it can really tarnish it. And I mean, we can probably probably both think of scenarios where we we did say yes and we were working with someone or had a product and unfortunately it didn't work as what we thought and how the supplier responded to us whether it was replacing or helping us to to learn how to use this tool that response really solidified the relationship to the point that we're happily going to to refer and and continue using them so it's all in in how we respond and how we manage that relationship and feeling heard and validated is so important as a client isn't it absolutely absolutely and that's you know we all want that and so if someone can tell stories about how they've learnt to do that better Mm. and how they've learnt to do that better by doing it badly in the first place Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, you know, what they've learned when they don't do that, then suddenly that person becomes much more real, reliable, trustworthy to us and, you know, we kind of know, oh, well, great. Well, if I'm ever in that situation – I know I don't have to, you know, I know I can pick up the phone and talk to Fran. Mm. I know that she's going to deal with that professionally and be open to, you know, my feeling that it's not working mm-hmm. okay. Great in, insights. And, and sometimes it can be a little bit scary having those conversations. Yet when we listen and we really ask great questions, that helps that person um, share comfortably what they're experiencing. Then we can both together look at, okay, well, what, what, what's the solution to this? What's the next steps uh, to ensure that there, there's a win-win outcome, uh, whatever that may be for the, for the both of you. Great insights there. So let's talk about whether we're winning or we're losing at bringing on a new client. You say that there are three essential questions that we have to ask ourselves in order to improve our business outcomes what are those three questions so the first question is is for ourselves so when you first win or or someone says yes or no I want you to sit back and think about what you've learned what was it that the person said yes to in your mind you know what was it was it how you presented it was it a particular question that you asked or answered What was it that convinced them? What was the turning point? What was the fulcrum? And I think often we focus on the win, but not the reason. So that's the first question that I would ask, which is for yourself. The second question is really for the person who has said yes or no. And I like to go back to them and say, you know, thank you so much for getting back to me. And that's equally 
whether it's a yes or a no. Because mm. if someone gets comes back to me and says no, at least I know. And there's something great about that. So I honestly do thank them for saying no. And then I ask them two questions. One, can you explain to me what the process was like for you? Because for me, great selling is about helping people buy or helping people make a buying decision. Mm -hmm. And that decision is either yes or no. So I want to know what they enjoyed about the process. I also want to know what they didn't enjoy about the process. Was there something that was missing in that? Because if I'm my job in sales is to help people buy, then the more information that I get about how people buy and how they feel about the process, what they like and don't like about it, then the better my process is going to get. And sometimes, you know, no doesn't mean no forever. So someone might say, look, the process was great and I really understood your value, but, you know, I'm just not in a position to do that right now. And that can be about timing, it can be about money, it can be about other priorities, but mm-hmm. it gives you insight in, into what's going on for that person. But equally, sometimes people say, well, look, I just didn't really understand. You know, if they're saying no because of price, sometimes it's because they didn't understand your value. And understanding where they missed on that or how you missed it with them if that makes sense, is really insightful. And sometimes that means that that person is just not your client, Mm -hmm. which is deeply okay. I remember listening to Seth Godin talking about that. He said, you know, stop trying to market to everyone. Everyone is not your client. Mm. You know, get off that bandwagon. So learning about who isn't your client sometimes helps you put in relief or, or, you know, the the shadow of who is your client. So it, it helps you get that insight. So many of us are somewhat afraid, I think, of asking for feedback. But this is such a great lesson and insight to, to say how important it is to get that feedback because I would imagine that over the time how you've, you've done uh, this process and you've asked those questions, your process that you follow now looks remarkably different to how it did many, many years ago when you first started, you know, having sales conversation. Would you agree? Have you have you changed it and tweaked oh, it? Mm. <laughs> beyond measure. Mm. And I think I find I kind of think about those little bits of questions like drops of water. We all know that water in itself, like a couple of drops of water aren't going to make um, a big difference. But then if over time and with the continuity of water, you can make the Grand Canyon. Do you know what I mean? Like which is something immense and beautiful. So to me, it's about being honest and real and and vulnerable within the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And a simple little tip that I give to people who are nervous about it is this, just simply be honest with people. When you first meet someone, you tell them what the process is. Hi, you know, prospective client, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to ask you a few questions, we're going to have a chat, I'm going to put a proposal to you, whether that's in writing or email, whatever your process is. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that process, um, you're going to come back to me and you're going to tell me whether you're interested or not. Either is okay. And whether you're interested or not interested, I still want to know. And with your permission, at the end of that process, what I'd really love to do is ask you two simple questions. One, what did you enjoy about meeting me and um, the process and equally what's if there was one thing that I could learn to do differently that would help you what would that be so if you do that from the beginning you know that it's coming but yeah. but you but so does your client yeah so 
they don't feel like you're going to jump on them at the end and go, oh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about They're this? just waiting for it. But that's right. right. You've set yeah. it up. It's an intentional conversation and yeah. you both know what, what's going to happen. So, Francis, would you, this, this feedback, the questions that you then send those two questions, if, say, for instance, you've emailed them the proposal and then they email you back and say, look, unfortunately, at this stage, we're not going to, to move forward. Would you email the questions back to them or would you ring them and then ask that over the phone to get feedback that way is is one process or one way better than the other or does it depend so my preference so and I'll tell you why so the psychology under or the reasoning why the best way to get the feedback is face to face Mm -hmm. and that's because 87% of communication is nonverbal so the way people flick their eyes whether they're you know everything Mm. about their body language and how they're conducting that conversation and only 7% are words themselves mm-hmm. and that the little bit in between is tone and intonation so if you can get it face to face you will learn so much more if if you can't i understand that but even if if there's a geographical issue you could do it over skype yes with the video on obviously you have to get the other person's permission for that secondly my second preference is to do it over the phone or just to have the tone and and that type of information happening Mm. Um, and lastly as a last resort I would use email but it's very easy because words are only seven percent that's why email and the written word uh, are very often misconstrued Mm. and misunderstood and just the way you do a podcast Anne-Marie you know the best way for that to occur is it to be a conversation yeah absolutely and that's a a great um, lesson to us as well in that you know, providing the proposal and it depends obviously whether it's a personal person or, or, or a company that you're dealing with, an individual or a company, providing the proposal is also very good to do face-to-face if possible too because they may have questions. You want to make sure that what you're proposing is understood correctly and then you've got the opportunity to ask questions and, and things like that when when you are, are there obviously. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But, it, you know, sometimes it comes down to a numbers game. If you're selling something worth $50, yeah. then you can't afford to have face-to-face no, meetings one-on-one with people. But if it's worth, you know, $5,000, then absolutely face-to-face is, is going to win you business much more often than over the phone or, or Skype. So what would be one last word of encouragement that you'd like to leave with people today, Francis? The biggest question that I get when I'm talking to people about sales and selling and coaching people on, on sales is, and I have to say I focus on, on people who cringe at the word sale. It's not their natural way of being. And, mm. and so the number one thing that I advise people and the best response I get is just be yourself you know selling is a deeply human thing if if any of you out there and I'm sure a number of you do have kids they learn to sell from you know the time they can talk and selling is about influencing and about understanding how you can get that other person to do what you want so if you think about how people buy so don't think about it as selling and pushing yourself on other people think about it as you're helping this person on a journey it's a journey of discovery and education 
And through that journey, they might decide to buy from you. And you need to allow that Mm -hmm. gracefully and you need to ask them to buy from you. But equally, you need to gracefully allow them to disengage from that process when they want to. And when you're selling your own thing, um, so your own services, your own creations, that's tricky. And so it really is about being vulnerable and real and allowing people to connect with you, which is why I really encourage people to talk about their stories and their mistakes is because it makes us so much more real and it allows other people to connect with us Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when people want to buy from you thank you so much for coming on the show Francis I know that this is a topic on an area that so many women in in business struggle with and so I'm sure that they've uh, taken away lots of insights to support them in becoming far more comfortable don't know if we'll get comfortable with the cold calling that might be (laughs) something that you just have as your area of expertise and you can, um, yeah, but anyway, so how can people get in contact with you? So I have a website, uh, which is kiss to sell K I S S T O S E dot So come along there. There's lots of information on my blog and I've got a free ebook that people can subscribe to. And also there's contact details. So come find me on, on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn, any questions or comments or areas that you're not quite sure on with sales and selling. I'd love to connect with you. Terrific. And of course, we'll put um, the website on our show notes. So to access the show notes and mariecross.com forward slash podcast 24 and uh, make sure you check out the resources that Frances has mentioned because um, as you can tell, she knows her stuff. Thanks once again for coming on the show, Frances. You're very welcome. Have fun, everyone. So today's inspirational message is brought to you by Communicate Your Brand to get noticed, tired and paid what you're worth. And today's tip is be you. Never let anyone make you feel like you are not enough, especially when it comes to your brand, your message or your mission. You are good enough, your message is important and your mission does count. Give yourself permission to be you, step forward confidently and continue to share the message and the mission that has been placed in your heart today. Now, if this is an area that you're struggling with, let's talk. Register for one of my free complimentary business breakthrough sessions over at annemariecross.com forward slash breakthrough session, annemariecross.com forward slash breakthrough session. That brings us to the end of another episode and I do hope that you will join me again next week. Remember to subscribe to our iTunes channel. That means that you will be the first to know when we have another great guest just like Francis today when we published a new episode. So all you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes and when you're over there why not just let us know how did you find today's show rate us out of five by doing that we really appreciate you and that helps us get in front of many other incredible women leaders women business owners until next week have a fabulous week see you later friend thanks bye This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.